edition of the 3304 Sports Podcast. I'm Will Lachlan here, joined with my co-host on the NBA edition. We're going to be talking about the end. It's been a, you know, a few weeks from us, um, but we're back here with John and myself. John, how have you been? I'm doing good. We've missed a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been a few weeks, um, but we're back and we're going to be trying to pump out you know, a podcast per week um, from now on, uh, you know, final, I mean, you know, it's almost finals week. Well, it basically is finals week as well uh, this upcoming week, uh, but we're definitely going to just give a solid hour talking about basketball hoops. So let's just get into it. Uh, first topic on tap for today is we're going to talk about a game that happened a couple of days ago. It was an NBA was, history was made in the NBA not in a good way for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I guess it was good for the Grizzlies, despite the Grizzlies not even having John Morant playing in the game. They're obviously their best player. Um, also for the Thunder, Shea Gilge Alexander and Josh Giddy, who are probably their two best players, weren't playing. Um, but to get that out of the way, the Grizzlies won by 73. Yes, you heard me right. 73-point margin the largest uh, point differential for a single game in NBA history. John, I, I, you know, when we were talking about topics, I think this one was like the first one that we came up with. Um, what was your reaction to, I assume, because I know I didn't watch this game <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But when I saw the box or when I saw the score, I was, my jaw kind of just dropped. Yeah, most of Memphis didn't watch this game either. That crowd, that crowd was like twenty five percent full. But I don't know. That isn't that is not something I would expect out of the Grizzlies. It is it is something. If you were to start the season, heading into the season, you're going to say there is an NBA team that is going to lose a game by seventy three points to a Memphis team without John Morant. Who is it? The Thunder will probably be one of my first two or three guesses. Like I might have said Pistons and Rockets, but this is just something I'd expect. I don't know how. I don't know how injured of SGA or Josh Giddy were a starting five of Lou Dort, Terrence Mann, which wait, not Trey Mann, excuse me. I don't even know half the players on this team. Yeah. Like all the, these players getting significant minutes is a problem. And this sort of begged the question I had from a friend where he was saying, if you win, he originally said 15, but then he lowered it to 10. It said, if you win 10 games or less, you shouldn't be allowed to participate in the lottery which I think is ridiculous. But sometimes I wonder how many of these bad teams are intentionally tanking like that process Sixers team from a few years ago, they were intentionally tanking. They built a rotation that was built to lose. So, and they, again, this team didn't have jaw. They let Jaron Jackson Jr. drop 27 points. They let, there are one, two, three, there are six players on the bench that dropped double digits. Yeah. And you know, no. a player who's in their starting lineup, who's usually pretty good for them, but he only scored two points. Desmond Bain. Doesn't mean it's been very good this season for the Grizzlies. He only had two points, and they still won by an NBA record. Like, you'd think Desmond Bain would be a player who dropped 20, even 30 in a game like this. Yeah, um, no, he yeah. only had two points, and despite that, is Steven Adams only had nine points. Um, yeah, he said Jaron Jackson had 27, and their bench – I think their bench um, – I, I don't know what the math – I'm not going to calculate right now, but I'm pretty sure their bench came close to outscoring the Thunder's entire team. You know, let's find out. The Thunder scored seven. We're about to find out. But yeah, I mean, for this, it just kind of makes me think like, as a coach, 
what do you even like say? To, I guess you just don't. I mean, how do you? Even, like, what do you say to your locker? Room? I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that reminds me of that. That the have you seen the Mighty Ducks movies? Yeah. In the second movie, when they lost twelve to one, Gordon Bobbeus, and they're pacing, pacing like, but for twelve to one, twelve to, I would just, yeah. I would just look at every, I would go into every locker of all the people that played and just take an index card, write, write the score, just put it on the front of their locker. Like I just question how, like as a human being, you can even like mentally just like get on, you know, on the plane ride and like, I, I don't know, it's like how do you even like. It just, it's not gotta, it's not easy to just go back and like, um, what's OKC's next game? But to practice like for OKC's, uh, OKC plays, okay, they play the Pistons on uh, on Monday. So in a couple Guys, of days. Well, no, we're about to, um, hold on, I'm gonna do quick math not, in my head. I'm gonna like, do quick I would math assume in my head. It's not easy to just get back up and, you know, travel to Detroit and then still be practicing coming off of a seven. I mean, this is like, it's like if the high school varsity team not they didn't play the freshman team they played like a middle school level team that's what this seems like yep We're about, um, i'm gonna do quick math i want to see if their bench actually scored the thunder because i think they might have I, thunder might have I i heard that on like twitter but i didn't fact check it but i would assume the person wasn't lying oh yeah the the, the bench yeah. outscored the thunder the bench yeah. outscored the thunder relatively easily <laughs> Wait, what? I, I can't how, already by, how much? Let's see. 11, 18, that's 29, th- 35, 46, 63, and then – hold on. Okay, so they outscored by four. Okay, never mind. Okay. I, no. Yeah, their bench outscored the Thunder. Yes. <laughs> which is – Which is sad. Yeah. Which is sad and funny. And... That is sad and funny. Yeah, this game was uh... – just a hilarious mess. I, I do feel bad for Thunder fans. They had a really good team. They had a lot of good players for a long time. Never won anything. When they really, the 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 formula to be a literal the team of the decade was right there. And they just and honestly, I don't even think it was on their fault that like the whole James Harden contract talk wasn't even their fault because they didn't want to like they didn't want to pay him the max contract. Which a couple years later, the cap spiked and then. That became a non-issue, which ultimately cost them Durant. Yeah, I mean, before we move on, though, I will say this: um, I've seen some people like, for some reason, just playing like Sam Presti. Like, I don't know, they're just coming out of the woodworks and saying bad stuff about Sam Presti, and I, I don't really get because I understand that he made the James Harden trade, and that was really bad. Um, but like other than that, I feel like Sam Presti is like he's acquired so much talent. At the he's level of talent that he's acquired for Oklahoma City, which is a small market team, by the way, it's not like yeah, Oklahoma they can't City. Get they and cannot Oklahoma get City is not some huge market, and the amount of talent that's come in and the um, just the amount of favorable situations, and even that, even now, like Sam Presti, they have all these draft picks. And they have to go out and obviously execute on those picks. Um, which, I trust Sam Presti to do. which I trust that's Sam Presti. Which I trust Sam Presti. I mean, yeah, he exactly. literally. Went- he went Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, back to back to back years. They've all won MVPs, and with none of them, and with none of them, did he have a first overall pick? Durant was second, Westbrook was fourth, and I think Harden was third. Yeah, Sam Presti has repeatedly finessed. Like, I mean, I feel like he's finessed like half the GMs in the league. Yeah, he got. Um, yeah, they didn't even draft Shea. Who they who they no, stayed for Shea? The Clippers. Shea, no, I think Shea was on the clip. No, Shea was on the Hornets. Then he got traded to the Clippers, and then he got traded right. to the Thunder for all for that Paul George fiasco. Yeah, yeah he was in the Paul George trade. 
yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just wanted to get that off my chest about Sam Presti. Like, Sam Presti is an awesome GM, oh, yeah. um, but he's not perfect. Like the Harden trade was not good, but it feels like since then it's been kind of flawless. And like, I don't know. It, he's the GM. A lot of that was. A lot of that was circumstantial, though. A lot of that was circumstantial, though. If you if you look back at it, uh, obviously in hindsight, the Thunder would have paid hard in the max contract which they wanted to keep him, but they didn't think they had the money. So they didn't want to give him as much, but then like a few years later, a new like TV deal would fix those luxury tax burns that they were trying to avoid but from giving hard a max contract. So it was like purely circumstantial. Like if it was a few years later and they knew this wouldn't be an issue, they would have just given hard the max and he would have yeah. stayed. So I don't even think that's all. It's kind of his fault that you're not willing to go the extra mile to keep your superstar player. But it's not. I don't. I don't think you can blame all that on him. Some of that is just bad luck. Yeah, I mean, and you you know, six man of the year at that point, um, and he, he was an emerging like like you could definitely tell James Harden was like on a path to be an all star. Yeah. didn't think he was going to be like one of the best scorers or offensive players ever. <laughs> yeah, but he was still because they um, wanted. Because Harden was like, I've already sacrificed a starting right. role for this team. Why should I sacrifice? My and he was also coming off of a pretty stinky NBA Finals performance as well. That Harden happen. being bad in the in the play, what? That was like Never. the first time. The first of every year of his career. Yeah. I'm sorry. I like to rep James Harden. I'm sorry. I like to make. Um, fun. But yeah, let, let's uh, shift over to teams that are actually good at playing basketball, like the Oklahoma City Thunder. Sorry, Memphis. Well, yeah, yeah, I should say, yeah, Memphis, clearly. Memphis Sorry, is, Memphis. Memphis not like Oklahoma City. Let, let's not talk about OKC anymore. Uh, yeah, no. uh, that's going to be the Warriors and the Suns, too. They played twice in this past week, once on Tuesday, which it was in Phoenix, and the Suns took care of business at home. Um, and then Warriors uh, won the rematch. Steph Curry played a lot better. Um last night on Friday night, and it, it was a blowout win. The, the Suns win, I believe, was what, by like eight points? So it was a solid win for sure. But the Warriors were definitely in the game for three-and-a-half-ish quarters. And, right. I mean, the Warriors, they pretty much uh, got the job done in the fourth quarter. I mean, the, these are the two best teams in the league, which I know, like, not too long ago, it was the talking point that the East had an overall better record than the West, which I don't know if that's still true, but just like all, it feels like every year the two best teams are in the West, which is kind of sad because there are a lot of good teams in the East, but the Warriors and the Suns are just so much better than everybody. It's just not, it's not even funny. I would say the East is more, is deeper because you look at like the Hawks, the Hawks are 12 and one. We're going to talk about the Hawks and bit later but they're 12 and 11 excuse me uh and they're the 10 seed the um the mavericks are 11 and they're one game above 500 and they're at the five seed in the west i mean the two worst teams in the league are shocking because this is like how it was like a few years ago like the west was like 10 12 teams deep and the east had like good teams at the top but like once you get to like the six seed it's like nah these teams really aren't that good but yeah, the, the West is once again the better conference. Shocker! I don't think anybody expected Golden State to be this good. Like I feel like a lot of us knew they'd bounce back. I think we both had them in our top four early this season. And yeah. Phoenix, we had both of them in our top four. But yeah, these are the two best. We need a, like a Warriors Suns conference final. It just has to happen. It, it really it just needs to happen because here's here's how I like to look at it. The Suns have three elite players that are all in their prime. 
the Warriors have a God player in his prime still. I, I know Curry, Steph Curry's been in his prime for a long time, but they'll, they'll probably have Clay back by then. Draymond Green is a defensive menace. He made KD look sorry when they met a while ago. The Warriors beat the Nets, and I don't remember how many points Durant had, but he didn't play well because Draymond was just all over. It's just the Warriors really do feel like the 73-9 and team. They, they give that same energy. I'm curious to see. So you said three elite players for the Suns. Is the third DeAndre Ayton or Mikel Bridges? DeAndre Ayton. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. He's a big man who takes pride in being it, which is very rare nowadays for some reason. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I would agree. Like, DeAndre Ayton is definitely their third best player. Draymond, Draymond, when guarding Durant, Durant scored a season-low 19. I mean – Draymond yeah, Green, yeah. Draymond Green might win DPOI again, which I, I think he know. is. He was my probably preseason will. pick, and I'm glad I picked him because I think he's probably going to win it pretty easily this year. They have the best. They have the best defender, the best shooter. They have uh, the other best shooter coming back. We also have the pool party. I mean, <laughs> they are that is a that is a squad. I cannot wait to watch in the playoffs. Yeah, and hey, I mean, we we get to see them play on Christmas again. As the Suns and the Warriors, which is kind of funny because I feel like the NBA didn't really intentionally like. I don't think before the season they were like, "Oh, Suns and Warriors are going to be the clear two best teams in the West. Let's put them on Christmas." I just remember when the Suns were going to be two really good Western Conference teams, um, especially with the Suns coming off of the going to the NBA Finals. So let's just. I just remember when the I just remember when the Suns they won one of the games. I was like, the Suns have won like fourteen in a row, and no one's talking about it. It's like it it feels routine. I'm pretty sure we talked about like how the Suns were on like a win streak. Mm-hmm. Um, last time we had a podcast. With the, a well, the sons of, yeah, the Suns have won like four in a row. How long that last? <laughs> they won a they won eighteen in a row. They were one and four, then they won eighteen in a row. Or, am I right? No, they were one and three. They were one and three. Then they won eighteen. Yeah, I mean, good yeah. morning. Yeah, they yeah. broke uh, Mike D'Antoni and Steve Nash's. Uh, that's uh, I forget what year. It was probably 08 for the Phoenix Suns that they. So like a seven thousand nine record. It was nine or ten. Their last playoff appearance. It's when they lost. Oh, they lost yeah. Lakers at six. Uh, Ron Artest hit the the putback. True, true, true. Hey, yeah. So I mean, the, yeah, Warriors Suns are going to play each other again on Christmas. So that's exciting. I mean, it's kind of weird that they play three times in one month. Um, but it, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, like these these two games. Um, felt like kind of just like a playoff series, you know, kind of felt like the Warriors responded. Um, and that's kind of the way I even like introduced this. Like the, the Suns won the first game, the Warriors, they were talking about it. We're already talking about it. Like it's a playoff series. Um, these are two clearly the best teams in the West. And hopefully fingers crossed for that Christmas game, we will get Clay Thompson. Okay. Devin Booker will probably be back for the Suns. He didn't play in the game two and he only played in, the part of the first quarter of the first game on Tuesday. He'll be back. Um, he should be back by then, I would think. But Clay Thompson, maybe fingers crossed. And if we can get both of those guys back, then it should be an epic matchup. I think in a seven-game series, the Warriors win, especially if Clay comes back. But you still if, never if know. Clay, if Clay's there, I would pick the Warriors in like six or seven. If he, Next. like, if he, well, I'm not even gonna say if he wasn't because, like, by the playoff time, he will be back. Yeah, absolutely. And he'll be like playing like he's not going to be like getting like, like twenty minutes a game. He should, he'll be back to like his normal unless he gets hurt again. Let's pray to God that doesn't happen. We haven't. Clay hasn't played since the twenty nineteen finals. I mean, come on. Yep. Since game six against the Toronto Raptors. 
He got hurt. He got hurt, limped back onto the court, shot a free yeah, throw. Yeah, made two free throws. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're... Um, but yeah, I mean, Warriors Suns, they've it's been excellent. This I do I do want to shout out the Suns defense on Steph Curry in Game One was fantastic. Oh, uh, now, like even at the time, uh, I think we all knew that like the Phoenix Suns, like they didn't have like a a code cracked with Steph Curry or anything like that because there is no code for Steph Curry. And you know, lo and behold, he knocked down six threes in the game they played on Friday. Not surprising. Uh, even though he, he had 23, so it's not like he just went off, but he, they didn't really need him to because uh, Jordan Poole played well and all their role players stepped up, uh, especially Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins had a, I don't know if you saw that, he had, he had a Penny Hardaway kind of step back move that was basically just the yeah. exact same move that Penny Hardaway did when he was in his prime, but it was really nice. Um, but let's uh, continue talk about another team in the West. It's going to be the Los Angeles Lakers, who their last outing didn't go so well against the Clippers. Uh, they ended up losing despite, you know, obviously the Clippers still not quite Leonard. Uh, but Lakers had everyone playing. Anthony Davis played, Russell Westbrook played, and LeBron played. And despite that, they lost. You know, the Lakers, they've been kind of going back and forth. I'm not going to say they're, like, struggling big time. Because uh, they were on a, they did win three out of their last four before that. I'd say they're struggling big time. They're not nearly at the standard that we would expect from a team with, even without LeBron, AD and Russell Westbrook should be better than this, even if LeBron doesn't play. Yeah, I mean, 12 and 11 is not, is certainly not what we expected, but like, oh, I don't oh, you, they're like, like, oh, you beat the Pistons by five. Good job. Oh, you beat the Pacers in overtime. Beat by four. You beat the Pacers at OT. Congratulations. They did lose to the Knicks before that. They lost to the Bucks. They oh, lost yeah. The they oh, lost okay, the yeah. yeah, they beat the Pistons by five, and then they beat them by four. They lost to the Kings. They got smoked by the t- the Timberwolves by 24 points at home. Yeah. Mm. I am not taking this. I feel like they're bound to go off at some point because it just feels like this, this can't last the whole season. But it, it, they need to get it together because, again, the West is very, very top-heavy. So they need to hurry and figure out what's wrong. I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if maybe, maybe we were all right. And this isn't a good fit. That's kind of what it's feeling like, but like their next four games, Celtics, Grizzlies, Thunder, Magic. I guarantee you they'll drop two of those games. They they just will. Even though like all four of those teams, the Celtics are not where they should be. The Grizzlies don't have jaw. The Thunder are the Thunder and the Magic are the Magic, but I'd be stunned if they won two of those games. Or, no, if they won three of those games. Let it's me just- quickly list off like my my issues that I think the Lakers are dealing with. Because I, I kind of just like wrote an entire list. Because there's just, there's just so much going into this, in my opinion. First of all, their defense is bad, which is kind of surprising because like that's even... Everyone... Um, they didn't even have Anthony Davis for a stretch last season. They were still like the number one defense in the NBA. Um, yeah, their defense is not good this year, despite having, you know, Anthony Davis in pretty much every single game. Why? I, I think it's just because, I mean, first of all, you lost Alex Caruso, who Alex Caruso, like make no doubt about it, is like one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Oh, yeah. It's, I, think I think it's pretty it's evident now because the Bulls have a solid defense. And it's not like the watching. Bulls. Watching like Alex Alonzo and Alex Caruso. Other than that, they don't really have too many great defenders. 
Those two guys are killing Watching Alex Caruso play defense is so fun. I don't know why. It's just a blast. Yeah, Caruso, I mean, KCP on the Wizards is a solid defender. Yeah. Even Dennis Schroeder is not that bad. Like, Dennis Schroeder, I would say, is a positive defender. So, like, they've just lost a lot. Uh, they didn't really replace those guys. Like, Malik Monk is solid off, is really good offensively, but not really they good. Replaced their point guard. They replaced their point guard with a point guard who can't play defense. And, yeah, and Russell, Russell, they, got Carmel, they got Carmelo. They got Carmelo. Guys can't. I just mentioned. They got Carmelo, who can't play defense, and they got LeBron, who's always hurt. And Dwight Howard is not uh, obviously hasn't been Dwight for like a decade. Right. So yeah, I mean, when you lose all those perimeter defender, talented perimeter defenders, it's it's just going to make it harder on Anthony Davis to have to just shut everything down in the paint. These guys are just getting beat off the dribble constantly. Yeah, there's Anthony only so Davis much you can do. Still really impactful, but he's not like the best defender. I don't know. I feel like Anthony Davis is defensive value just kind of dips that you, you know, the defenders around him get worse. It makes sense. Um, and it's resulting in their overall defense, just flustering. I don't know what their defensive rating is right now, but I was, I think it's bottom 15. Probably. I think it's in the top half of the league. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it can be that high They're I think they're on the twenties. NBA defensive rating. Let's see. Number one's Golden State. Actually, Golden State and Phoenix are tied. Uh, okay, L.A. Lakers. They are. This says they're they're in a four way tie for eleventh place. Okay, maybe they're not that bad. Then. But, but still, that's, still mean, not, that's not as like good as it should five. be. Like that's still not as good as it should be. Right. Exactly. Since Frank Vogel has been there, they've been like consistently top five. Wait. Yes. Wait. 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 Uh, okay. Not hold on. Wrong. I was wrong. It wasn't filtered by defensive rating. Uh. Yeah. The Lakers are, if I can find them, they're 17th. Okay. Okay. So there we go. <laughs> Six spots worse than what we thought. Yeah. Uh, another issue for the Lakers, like Anthony, I don't really know if this is Frank Vogel or Anthony Davis. Like, is it Frank Vogel who's like not playing Anthony Davis to the five or is it just Anthony Davis refusing? Because remember a few months ago, we literally, like Anthony Davis, there was literally reports from like Shams on Twitter, one of the most reliable NBA reporters there is besides like Woj. Woj and Shams. And Shams is reporting how Anthony Davis is he's gonna play the five this year. And literally he hasn't played the five one, he hasn't started at the five like once this year. Yeah, the he first episode we did. The first episode we did, the one thing I said was the Lakers success will depend on how well LeBron and AD transition to the four and the five. That's literally what I said. And that's why I said they that, haven't even done that. <laughs> and that's yeah, I, I don't know if you remember that, but that's why I said yeah. it was it would have been smart for the Lakers, like a good scheme fit would have been Ben Simmons, which I know. He doesn't deserve to play there, and I'm not. I'm not about to spend a long, a long tangent on Ben Simmons, but that I felt like let LeBron and AD orchestrate the offense, get like a pass-first role player at point guard who can play great defense would have been great. But no, they had to get Russell Westbrook, who can't play defense and is a ball is a ball dominant player who is not good at orchestrating offenses. I just don't. I don't get it. When uh, the Lakers, when Anthony Davis plays the five in the minutes this season, um, which is a less sample size than when he doesn't, but so their net rating is like plus eight. And then when it's like Anthony Davis not playing at five, like when he's at the four and he's still in the game with LeBron and Westbrook, it's like, it's like even, it's like zero. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's a, I mean, they're as average as it gets with Anthony Davis playing at like the full at power forward both center yeah they magically become like one of the better teams in the league who would have thought yep. oh also they're spacing and i mean lebron being injured um didn't really help because they definitely did look a lot worse without lebron which makes sense it's a lot of games um they're spacing uh, my it's final bad. issue is their spacing is just awful which it again that kind good. of goes into the anthony davis thing you're playing 
DeAndre Jordan or Dwight Howard at center. And I don't understand. I do not understand why Frank Vogel is having Taylor Horton Tucker start over Malik Monk. I still don't get it. I really don't. I don't think it's all on Vogel. I don't think, I really don't think it is, but yeah, he's, I don't, yeah, I don't, oh, I don't definitely don't think this whole thing is on Vogel, but I think that, like, I just don't understand why Taylor Horton Tucker is starting over. If the Lakers, like, unless the Lakers rebound and go in, like, a deep run, if the Lakers are, like, a plan exit or, like, a first-round exit or somehow, like, don't even make it at all, Vogel will not keep his job. I'd be stunned. They'll go after some, they'll probably go after some name. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would actually agree with that because if maybe if was, this is a different team, but since it's, well, not even the fact that it's the Lakers, but the fact that LeBron James is on the team, and you know LeBron doesn't really, you know, he's fine with giving up or cut cutting some coaches off. He's done that before. Um, yeah, all the same complaints we had about the Lakers heading into the season, like we tr- when they traded for Russell Westbrook, all of like the initial, oh, their space is going to be bad. Yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all true. It's just it doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> should have gotten a passer. Even should have gotten a passer, and let LeBron and AD do things. But no, you had to get cute and name chase. <laughs> That Pretty never much. works. That never works. Yeah, the Lakers did this exact same thing a few years ago with the the Steve Nash Dwight Howard thing. It just didn't work. Oh yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> this is going to be fun. No, it wasn't. I know they were injured, but that's probably because all your players you got were old and not good anymore. Is the Lakers always name chase and they lucked into LeBron because it's L.A. and LeBron wanted to make Space Jam too, but. It's just I don't get why they insist on name chasing all the time. It's it's it's, it's not good. Yeah, it did work for one player, and that was Carmelo Anthony. Like he's been great, but other than that, because he's no. accepted his role as a six man, which I exactly. never thought he'd do. Um. Oh, there's this fun stat floating out there: LeBron in like the first 15 seasons of his career, so from the time he was a rookie, which was the year I was born, 2002, um, till 2018. So it was like 15, 15 seasons of basketball. He missed 71 games in those seasons. And the, since 2018 till now, he's missed 70 games. Oh, by the way, joke's on you. His rookie season was 2003. 2003? Okay. Yeah. The year I was 2002, born. 2002, 2003? It was 03, 04. The year I was born. Excuse you. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> but yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh. Uh, who cares? Same thing. Oh, well. Um. All right, so let's uh, talk about one more Western Conference team. That's going to be Houston Rockets, who I believe, yeah, they're still on their five-game win streak, unless they've lost. Let's make this quick. <laughs> Houston, 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 Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Houston's on their five-game win streak. and I mean, they've beaten the uh, – here, here's the five teams they beat. The Bulls, the Hornets, the Thunder, the Thunder again, and the Magic. So Bulls are a really good team. That's a really good win. At this point, I would say any win for the Rockets is a good win. Like, I mean, what yeah, is a better team than that, like record-wise? Or, well, they were. Um, I mean, they botched the James Harden, the whole James Harden thing. They completely blew it. You could have gotten so much more. Than, what, what was their best player they got in that deal? Like Kelly Olenek? Like, give me a break. I don't think they really – they didn't even really – they just got a bunch of draft picks. I'm pretty they sure. Got some draft, they got some draft picks that will not be high draft picks. Right. Yeah, I don't – Well – yeah, yeah, unless James Harden and Kevin Rand decided to like I mean, I think their rebuild's off to a good start. They got I, I like Jalen Green, very good score, and they're continuing to lose, which you held their lottery odds to get. I'm assuming Imani Bates will be in the draft class next year. So if you want to get Imani Bates, that would be huge. I think the Rockets no, gonna be in 2023. 
Really? Yeah. He, he's a freshman, right? He's a freshman, but he reclassified. Uh, so he's like still he's like 17 years old. He's playing oh, in college. No, that's why. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, suck for this year. I don't know who's who's gonna be like the big what's oh, the name? It's gonna be what's the name Apollo. of the dude in Gonzaga? What's that guy from Gonzaga that's going off? Yeah, it's gonna be the I two top him. prospects are probably gonna be Chet Boncaro from Duke and Chet uh Holmgren. Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. So uh, if they had the option, I'd probably choose Paulo Bunker from Duke just because they are, have, unless they want to like trade Christian Wood or something like that. Um, although Christian Wood, I suppose, could play the four, but still, it's just way more of a natural fit. I don't know. I feel um, like if he could go back, they'd probably take Evan Mobley, but there's still nothing wrong with Jalen Green. He's still good. I don't know. I'd take Chet Holmgren. Yeah, he's, he's been, uh, Jalen Green hasn't had the best rookie season. I mean, the flashes have certainly been there, which is kind of all that really matters for rookies, but his stats don't look very good but uh, I stats for rookies are kind of irrelevant in my opinion people, people will overreact but I, i'll I'm say this though like, right now don't they'll be fine more thing about the rock well actually a couple more things about the rockets i want to talk about two players number one alfred and shengun who's been awesome like according to some advanced stats alfred and shengun is like one of the best like passing bigs in the nba and he's like a rookie um and he certainly like he's like he, he's probably one of the most flashy passers in basketball he's certainly not one of the best but He'll make some like high difficulty passes that there's only like I can probably count uh, the amount of players who can make the kinds of some of the kinds of like behind the back passes that Shin Goon can make on occasion. He's not doing this on a regular basis, but on occasion, uh, I could probably count on it on like my hands. <laughs> yeah, there's I'd probably not t- like 10 guys in the NBA who can even do that, those kinds of things, especially not at that size. That's ridiculous. And then Kevin Porter Jr., who's kind of on the opposite end, he's just disappointed me. I, I was really high on Kevin Porter Jr. this offseason. And now I'm like seeing Rockets fans get like excited when he scored and when he gets like five assists. And they're like, Kevin Porter Jr. got five assists in this game. This proves he can be a point guard. No, no it, really, it really doesn't. No, it doesn't. Like the experiment of him playing point guard isn't really working so far, <laughs> which is unfortunate because he's had, he's basically just been given the reins. So I understand you're like, you're going to make mistakes and it's still early, but I don't like where that experiment is heading. Uh, but hey, John Wall supposedly is probably going to return for them. So that's. I that's completely forgot. I completely yeah, forgot. going to play. You know, you're not paying him $40 million to not do anything. Uh, why did we trade John? <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still upset. Well, we traded John Wall so we could get Russell Westbrook so we could deal Russell Westbrook for the that's, team we get now. That's actually true. So. That's that's just kind of the way I think about it. It's actually true. I, I that's actually true. Got all those. <laughs> shout, hey, shout, team, out, team shout, out Kyle shout out Kyle Kuzma. Never thought I'd say yeah, that. Kyle Kuzma. Be an, be even bigger. The biggest shout of all to Montrezl Harrell. <laughs> oh yeah, 4K Trez. Yes, the man of the people. Dude. 4K Trez. Yeah. All right. Uh, a few more teams we can talk about. Uh, our final topic is going to be some early season awards. So that'll be fun. Uh, we'll just go through all of our uh, picks if the season ended today, which and I feel like a lot of them are pretty. I feel like a lot of them are kind of consensus, but there's a couple that I'm thinking of that you might not agree on. That's true. Yeah, but I think most of them, it's like yeah, it's that guy. Yeah, I, mean, I can throw out like a couple sleeper candidates who are like maybe we could throw in like some additional ones, like most disappointing team or like most surprising. I don't know. Just that's true. Yeah, um, let's talk about a team though that's on a complete roll right now: the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you know, we shouldn't be all too surprised. You know, the, I think the Bucks. I'm not even gonna say they had like a. They didn't really have a championship hangover. They were just injured. Like Chris Middleton wasn't playing. 
Brook Lopez still isn't playing. He's now going to have surgery, unfortunately. So he's going to be out for a decent amount of time. Uh, we don't mean that. The timetable wasn't even really known on Brook Lopez, so that's a TBD. Uh, but he's missed time. Drew Holiday missed time. Uh, but the Bucks have now been on a roll. Uh, they did actually play in the Miami Heat as we speak. They're beating them by 11 points in the second quarter. Um, but they had an eight-game win streak, I believe, that was broken when they played. They played the Raptors on a back-to-back night, and they lost by four. So that's not that bad of a loss, especially when you like the night before you had to play the Hornets in that uh, crazy game. And like the Hornets, like they're not very good, but they will like they'll make you fight. They'll make you have to work for a win, which is they're competitive. Like, and the Hornets are definitely every game they play. The Hornets are also very much on the right track. So unless I think. Now is the time for the Hornets to start getting aggressive, like in, in the offseason. I don't know if they will, but anyway, back to the Bucks. Yeah, I mean the Milwaukee Bucks have been pretty great. And I think Giannis is we don't we're not really talking about him like he's an MVP candidate, but I don't know how he couldn't be. It's like the Bucks are winning games now. Uh he's been putting up great stats all season. I think he's like what 27, 12, and six or something like that. That's just off the top of my head. I didn't actually check that, but that sounds probably that's usually what Giannis puts up in the regular season. Uh, his efficiency numbers are probably great. Um, I mean, not from three, but he's like the most, he's like one of the most dominant paint scorers 27, 11, and six. 11 and six. Okay. Which, you know, not bad, not bad. Yeah, I was literally saying this when the the Bucks had had like a bad record. I was like, relax, they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Every it feels like every team there's always like multiple contenders that struggle early, and everyone's like, oh my god, like the Nets were kind of struggling at the game. Now they're the one seed. That's true. It just happens. Absolutely right. Um, but yeah, they'll they'll be a, they'll be a top three seed for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. The Bucks been great. Um, all right, let's uh. So the, let's talk about the Hawks and the Celtics, who, when you look at the standings right now in the Eastern Conference, they're the 9 and 10 seed. Uh, they have the same exact same record at 12 and 11. Um, but my question to you, John, is out of those two teams, which is the team that you're going to trust the most to, like, make a run? Because I think, like, one of at least one of these teams is going to get back and probably, like, replace, like, the Cavs or the Hornets in the playoff seating or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably, yeah, I'd say probably the Cavs. And honestly, Especially it might even be... Cavs I don't have be, Colin Sexton now as well, so... I hate to be that guy, but it might even be the Wizards. Like, I don't know. I was thinking about it. Uh, yeah, Actually. I did look at... When I looked at the Wizards, I was like, eh, okay, we... I think the Two Wizards days are going to slip, but I don't think they're going to slip out of the playoffs. A few days ago, I was thinking about it. I was like, do I even believe we're this good? I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we're good, but I was like, do I even believe this is going to last? Uh, you asked me this before we started, and I couldn't give you an answer then, and even though... I don't even think I can give you a 100% answer now, but if I had to pick, I'd say the Hawks just because of off of the merit of last season of how far they made it and how good they can be. So I, I'm willing to give the Hawks kind of the benefit of the doubt because they have won eight of their last 10, which, you know, which is important because again, I don't know if Atlanta, obviously Atlanta is not like a great team, but again, some teams just struggle early. So if I had to pick, I'd say the Hawks, but I don't have a surefire answer because I don't, I don't trust Boston. I don't buy. Yeah, I, I would also go with Atlanta um, pretty comfortably, to be honest. Um, reason being for the Hawks. I mean, well, okay, their last game was against the Sixers, and they, and they blew this game. They were up for most of the game against the Sixers, and they blew this one. Um, Embiid went off at the end of the game. 
Uh, but Trey Young's been absolutely phenomenal this season. Uh, his start wasn't like the greatest, but he was just kind of like average Trey Young at the beginning. But which like, come on, which, which is still great. But like he's he's been just I don't know, he seems to just get better like every week of the season. Which surprised me, by the way, because when we when the rule changes were announced, one of the first things I thought oh. was Trey Young is going to get hammered by this rule, and he is still playing at a high level. Like obviously, a lot of players got hit by it. James Harden has regressed. Damian Lillard hasn't been as good. Riley Beal's kind of been up and down. But I'm surprised how well Trey Young's kind of responded to it and just continues to play at high level because he was he was starting to become a meme for all of the the foul baiting crap he was doing last year. Like he was, people were starting to like make fun of him, really make fun of him for it. And I would have been surprised if he hadn't done what he did in the playoffs because I feel like what he did in the playoffs kind of proved that he didn't need to you know foul bait to just be like a really good basketball player. Um, I mean, to, be fair, to be fair, he shot horribly in Game Seven of that of that series against the Sixers. They still won, but he shot horribly. Uh, yeah. I don't know, it's, but yeah, it's, it's still I'm still willing to give him the benefit of the doubt when he goes that far as a five seed, no home court advantage to, right. to speak of. Yeah, I think, but for the overall for the Hawks, like one of the reasons they've kind of struggled is they've just struggled to like establish like the Hawks, the Hawks and the Warriors. I think are the two deepest teams in the NBA. Probably the Warriors are number one, especially with Clay Thompson and like James Wiseman into the rotation. They can play like 13 guys. Uh, but the, like the Hawks can play what, like 10, 11 players comfortably. And I think they've just kind of struggled to like establish roles with all those players, despite a lot of those guys being there last year. It's just a little bit of a different dynamic. Um, and I mean, John Collins has been, John Collins has actually been, I think, a lot better this season. His numbers may not be all too much better, but what I don't know, when I've watched him play, he's just, it's been a lot better of a passer, in my opinion. Um, Which honestly, I don't, I don't blame him for that being his role. Right, exactly. Uh, I mean, Clint Capella has not had the best start to the season, so I mean, there's just been different things for the Hawks. I think they've kind of just established or struggled to establish clear, defined roles on the team, and their depth has caught up to them a little bit so far, so to speak, so far in the season. Um, which is kind of a problem they had last year because this time last year they or last season. Uh, they weren't good. Like they were basically in the same kind of spot. And then they went on a run uh, when they hired Nate, Nate McMillan and fired uh, Lloyd Pierce. But yeah, I would expect the Hawks to be the team. Just they're, they're just the better. They're just a better team than the Celtics. Straight I mean, I, I don't know who they, who Celtics, who, I guess have more star power just because they've just Tatum and Jalen Brown, but like outside of those, and you know, Celtics defense to their credit, last 10 games, their defense has been excellent. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely go with, the Hawks or the Celtics when it comes to, but I honestly think both these teams are probably still playoff. Yeah. They're, I think like the Celtics and the Hawks are going to pass the Cavs and the Hornets. I don't know. Jason Tatum. It hasn't been ideal. Like I, I'm, I'm I think the Celtics and the Hawks are going to be, I, well, okay, they're at least going to be in the plan clearly. Oh yeah. They'll both, they'll both make the plan. I doubt it. Unless you also have to consider the Knicks. Like, are they going to wake up? Because Kemba Walker is just not working. The Hornets, shout, shout out to the Hornets. They got rid of Kemba at the perfect time, but it's just, he really feels like he's just contempt with being a good player and getting paid. Like, I, don't, I don't know. They need to work around. I feel like the Knicks are going to be another team we might see kind of go up. Maybe I'm the fool for trusting the Knicks to do anything, but I don't know they were really good defense. They're still good defensively, but they need to get point guard figured out because that was kind of their problem last year. One of their problems. Well, 
I don't think it helps when you when they decide to put Alec Burks as the starting point guard and not Emmanuel Quickly. Because to me, Emmanuel Quickly is yeah clearly the better option, especially as a point guard. Like Emmanuel Quickly, he's a point guard. Alec Burks is like a shooting guard. I don't so that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But then again, Derek Rose plays a lot of point guard minutes and he's been really good as of late. Um, well, I should say per usual because Derek Rose is pretty one of the best bench players in the league at this point in his career based on what he's done, especially with the Knicks. And the, the Knicks have lost three in a row against teams that are – they lost to the Nuggets, they lost to the Bulls. They lost to the Bulls by four and they lost to the Nets by two. Like, Okay, yeah. They beat, and they did beat the Hawks, so. Yeah, they've played in a lot I, of close games. I probably trust the Knicks more than the Celtics or the Hawks to wake up. Uh, they play the Spurs on what's today the the fourth on the seventh. Their next game is at San Antonio. So, I, I yeah, if I had to rank those teams, I'd probably go Hawks, Knicks, Celtics. I go Knicks, Hawks, Celtics. Um, okay, yeah. Again, maybe I shouldn't be trusting the Knicks because James. Yeah, Hawks. I mean the Hawks did kind of beat the doors off the Knicks in the playoffs last year. Uh, but again, we're talking about regular season, not really head dead. Yeah, regular season Knicks. Regular season Knicks are solid these days. Yep. So are the regular. So are the regular season Utah Jazz, who they sadly they've, won, oh, they've won three. Oh, they've won three in a row. Never mind. There's yeah, they have. Yeah, the, the Jazz. They they went on a. They, I think they won. I want to say they lost like two out of three at one point, or even three out of four games in one stretch of the year. And I was really worried. But they've. I'll be honest though. Like I feel, I feel like I haven't watched a Utah Jazz game in like a month, which is weird. Like, it feels like I just haven't even, like, heard anything about, like, the Utah Jazz in the game. I don't know how hot of the take this is, but I think the Jazz are so boring. They're a good team, but they're, they put me to sleep. It's just, it's just the same thing over and over. Rudy Gobert plays defense. They have a – their, their formula is pretty repetitive, but it's so effective. That, like in the, I mean, they're good. I'm not trying to say they're bad. But yeah. they're, like, like, the Spurs, those Spurs teams of Greg Pogovich, great team, but they put me to sleep. <laughs> like, I wouldn't pay – I don't know. Like they're great. You know, they won two titles, but God, they were boring. Tim Duncan is just the Tim Duncan is the greatest power forward of all time. He's one of the greatest players of all time. But God, he was so boring. Spurs won five titles, though. I I, t- I I mean that's just fine. If being boring gets you five titles, I'll take it every time. <laughs> yeah, could have been six though. Shout out Ray Allen. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to our early season awards. So we'll just cycle through. Um, I'll be honest, when I look at these awards, a lot of them, there's going to be a few Warriors players. Or, uh, <laughs> More than a few. Yeah. Like, the Warriors, I think there's going to be three. Uh, the Warriors are going to like sweep these awards, but I could see the Warriors winning like half. Like there's six major awards in the NBA. I could see the Warriors winning like at least half. I think they're winning. I think it right now they'd win three. They'd get the MVP, the DPOI, and the coach. All right, cool. So I guess we can reveal. Do we, do we all do we, the same MVP then? Are we in agreement that the MVP is Steph? Yeah, I think okay. it's Steph and like KD are like the top two. I think it'd be Steph. That, uh, I think it'd be Steph and Jokic. I don't know about KD. I KD's on the Jokic list because well, Jokic like missed like four games with like an injury, so that's why I dropped him to like the third. I mean, Jokic is their big man, and he's also their best passer. Like, what is that? Is Nicole? Yeah, he's the best. Passing big man ever. It is the yeah, he is the right best passer. He probably the best passer in like the entire league at this point. But like it's Steph. Uh, I mean, I don't yeah, know. yeah, I agree. Steph Curry. Uh, do we are we also in agreement on the we we literally talked about Draymond Green being the DPOI, so we just move that Pretty out much. of it. 
Yeah, because he made Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's got to be Draymond Green. Like the Warriors' defense is what number one in the NBA, or tied with the Suns. You said uh, so close enough, and Draymond Green is the anchor of that defense. Yep, um, and then the coach of the year is Steve Kerr. Like I don't even think that's up for discussion either. Maybe I guess I guess Monty Williams. Uh, the- I would say I'd say Monty Williams and like okay, see, I Steve Kerr is probably number one, but Monty Williams would be up there. I would also say two other names that are should definitely be like here's the top three or the top four should probably be this Steve Kerr, Monty Williams. Those are the top two, but third and fourth, I would say, are Billy Donovan for the Bulls, and I would say Wes Unsell Jr. for the Wizards, based on right now. Like the Bulls and the Wizards, Bulls are the second seed. The Wizards are the fourth seed. They both yeah. exceeded expectations. Um, Billy Donovan's been a great coach for the Bulls, and Wes Unseln Jr. has been a fantastic coach for the Wizards. So I don't know. I would say those two um, are like, I'm guess sleeper underrated picks for the coach. Billy Donovan's a great coach. I don't know if he'd be in the top four, maybe because that Bulls team still has a lot of talent. Like even heading into the season, like the Bulls are back. Everyone's like, hey. Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan. I feel like the Bulls were kind of taken seriously. But, again, no, I'm not saying Billy Dominic's done a bad job. He's done a great job. And, yeah, Wes, Wes Unsell Jr. has made the Wizards into an actual basketball team and not the Russ and Beal ISO show, which I think I said before. But, yeah, I'd go. I definitely think um, one and two. I feel like we'd all agree that one and two is Kerr and Monty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I would say really in any, like you can honestly pretty interchangeable there because they both pretty much have nearly identical records. They're both, yeah, at the top of the NBA. Um, So for sixth man of the year, who's your sixth man of the year? It's either Alex Caruso or Tyler Hero. It's one of those two. I was listening, I was watching this uh, YouTube video talking about these awards, and I, I love what he said. He said, Since when did Sixth Man of the Year become the Lou Williams Award or the Jamal Crawford Award? Since when did it become the Who Could Score 20 Points Off the Bench Award? Which that's kind of more or less what it's boiled down to. So it'll probably go to Tyler Hero because he's yeah. actually pulled up. I don't know how many, I th- I'm pretty sure he's averaging around 20 points off the bench. Let's see. It's like 18, maybe. Yeah, it's like I, I want to. It might be seventeen, but it's a lot for a bench player. He is averaging, oh, twenty-one. Okay, never mind. He's averaging twenty-one points. So yeah. it, it'll probably go to Tyler Hero. Speaking of which, the Peter getting killed by Milwaukee, but I think there's a case for Alex Caruso too. I I'll, I'll give it to Hero, but I kind of want to see Caruso win it. Yeah, I'd love to see Caruso win. But I'll go Tyler Hero. Like. Caruso is a player who legitimately, like with the Lakers, and we're kind of talking about Caruso and his impacts and loss that the Lakers have felt from not having Caruso, but he's legitimately a player where he kind of like people actually didn't give him like the respect he deserved for being as good of a defender as he was because he was on the Lakers, which is weird because normally Lakers players get sometimes overrated because they play for the Lakers, but I think Caruso actually got underrated. People just thought he was like a meme. Oh yeah, cause I, yeah, he was a meme. And, I mean, he, he was, but he was also like a. Because look at him, basketball player. If you were to look at Alex Caruso and say, "What does this guy do for a living?" Basketball is your last guess. <laughs> basketball, a basketball, a really a good like above average basketball player. That is your last guess. I don't know if you remember that like crazy NCAA tournament game. Remember the Texas A&M like comeback in March Madness against Northern Iowa. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like Alex Caruso was on that team. He was? Just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played, it was yeah, like 12 points in 44 seconds. 
I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm, he was he was in the game while they when they made that comeback. And I think he's, yeah, he got like a steal and he got like a, well, a layup. To I don't Half think that's kind of steal because they kept turning it over. But he was definitely he was a part of that. So I just want to throw that out because that, that was such like an iconic March or very underrated March Madness. And it's kind of funny that like Caruso was on that team. Oh yeah, Texas. Uh, Sam. I don't know. I feel like I feel like that gets overshadowed by Northern Iowa winning the previous game on a half court buzzer beater by. A that's tall. true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like no, that that's one, and that's definitely one of the most iconic shots of March Madness. That is what that that is what would happen to Texas, poor guys. But, um, but then uh like the people forget the game after like Northern Iowa had like one of the biggest people are like, wow, what a great story. <laughs> I, yeah, I, it just now occurred to me. It just now occurred to me. We could have gotten Texas, Texas AM in that tournament. It just now like fun. Yeah, because that rivalry doesn't happen anymore because they, they're not in the same yeah. conference. I guess, well, actually, Texas is going to the SEC now in like 2025. So, will those matchups happen again? They should. Probably. A- A&M's in the SEC right now. That's why they left. Yeah, so we'll probably the, get I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but like the Texas-Oklahoma deal, is that for like all sports teams or just football? It's all sports teams. That's how it works. Oh, okay. Like people, it was just football. like people complain about how people complain about Gonzaga. Be like, why don't you go to harder conference? Like we can't. That's not how it works. They don't. They don't. They don't even have a football team. But yeah, like Mar- like University of Maryland was in the ACC in all the sports, and now they're in the Big Ten. And now, like in football, they get now in football they get smoked by Ohio State every year, and then in basketball they get smoked. They probably lose like Duke or Kentucky. But yeah, when you move conferences, that's all sports. All right, so six man of the year, we definitely gave or so Hero and Caruso is like our top two. Are you, so? Are you giving it to Hero or Caruso? Who are you giving it to? Oh, I'd probably go with Tyler Hero. It really does feel like the who can score the most points on the bench award. That's, that's what the yeah, that's literally what the award is. Kind of lame, but I guess I don't. Yeah, I don't really like how it's developed into that, but it is what it is. So like. Tyler Hero is clearly a, a better candidate to win just because of that alone. And also Caruso is kind of was in a little bit of a shooting slump for a little bit. That's true. Yeah. Um, but come more awards, most improved player. Jordan Poole. Okay, Jordan Poole. Let me look up this player that I have. Um, just uh, I'm curious to see their statistical jump. All right, yeah, okay. Yeah, my player's gonna be Cole Anthony. Oh, the magic. Yeah, he's been, I mean, stats-wise, he's gone up from 13 to 20 for points. His rebounds have gone up by two. His assists have gone up by two. More steals. Uh, blocks are, like, the exact same, but he's a guard, so blocks don't really matter. Uh, his free throw percentage has gone up. His three-point percentage has gone up. He's, like, one of the – well, at one point in the league, he was hitting, like, 47% off of, like, off-the-dribble threes. Uh-huh. Which is like was like number one in the NBA or like second to like Kevin Durant maybe or something like that or Steph Curry probably, um, but like he was like a top three, like three point shooter at one point. Now it's kind of fallen off. He's shooting thirty six percent on, which is basically league average. But he's on like seven and a half attempts per game, which is like amazing. So that's still pretty great shooting. Right. Um, yeah, Cole Anthony's just gotten better in pretty much every phase except for okay. defense, but he doesn't really like if his offense keeps progressing. He doesn't really need to be. Jordan Poole in his first season averaged eight point eight, his second year averaged twelve, and now he's averaging eighteen point three. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, his assists have gone up, his rebounds have gone up. Like yeah, like all of his his free throw percentage has gone up. His his three point percentage has actually gone down a little bit, 
but it's still it's it's about the same. Pool shooting thirty four point eight percent from three, which that could be a little better, but it's not the worst. Right. And he is shooting more threes now. Obviously, he's shooting around two to eight threes a game. That's like the range, like right? three to eight. Mm-hmm. I'll go Jordan Pool. All right, yeah, I'll go uh, Cole Anthony. All right. I feel like I'm. Uh, I might. We might be missing some other names. Wow. But those are just the guys that come to mind. Uh, so the final award, Rookie of the Year. This is actually a tough one. I don't. Th- I don't think it's tough. Evan Mobley. Okay. Well, I was just thinking because didn't Mobley miss some games? So what is? Mobley? I don't remember. He might have missed a little. I, I, don't, some, I don't. But I don't think that's really enough at this point. I like Scotty Barnes because he looks like if Lamar and Giannis had a baby, but he's played nineteen games. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, I like Scotty Barnes, but and I think he's a very good player, but I think I, I don't think it's that close. I'd give it to Evan Mobley pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean the only reason I wouldn't like like oh yeah, Mobley's definitely number one. I was just the only reason I was like kind of second guessing was just because I knew he was out he was missing a couple weeks. Um, but he hasn't, or he's a few games. He hasn't missed that much time, actually. He's about he's about averaging a double double, and he's also shooting forty seven point seven. He's also playing a lead defense. Yeah, he, he's a great. Like, he literally could be like an all all NBA, uh, all defensive team level. Yeah, he's shooting thirty three point three percent for three, which for a, a defensive center, I mean, that's not bad at all. That's I mean, solid. Like that, that's yeah. better than that's better than Russell Westbrook. So let's let's give credit where it's due. Yeah, well, yeah. averaging a better three point percentage than Russell Westbrook isn't like yeah. that big of an accomplishment. But yeah, no, I get you. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, Evan Mobley. I think another name for Rookie of the Year, like Cade Cunningham, is kind of coming on stronger for that. I don't think he's gonna win, but like he's certainly not as bad as he was. Like he should be like one of the top guys outside of Mobley, like Warren's. Which is kind of something you would expect. Like I feel like most first over like first overall picks, they they always I guess Zion isn't an example, but I feel like a lot of first overall picks aren't like lights out of the gate. That just happens. Yeah. Um do we wanna do oh most surprising and, and most disappointing team uh sure. lecture awards? Sure. Most surprising disappointing. Uh, Let's start, with, let's start with disappointing. Uh, okay. I feel like – let me look at these standings again. Uh, all right. I, it's a pretty easy answer, the Lakers. I mean, I, I feel like that's – I have a team in the East who's been pretty – yeah, to the Lakers because I had the Lakers in the top three seed. I, I, had my doubt, I had my doubts about the Lakers, but come on, you're 500 with all – come on. You know, a team in the East that's disappointed me a whole lot is the Indiana Pacers. I had the Pacers as like a nine seed. Oh, my They'd goodness. be a plan team. Just blow it up already. The Just quit, are pretty abysmal. Quit wasting our time and and start over. Like, they give are me, seven right. games below five hundred, and they look bad in pretty much all aspects. They, they are they are the thirteenth seed. And I mean, with Rick Carlisle, your like your defense isn't going to be good. Like your offense usually makes up for it. Not with the Pacers. Oh yeah, that's just um, I don't I didn't I didn't expect anything out of the Pacers though. I was I was thinking about this here. I was like, why are you why are you sticking it out with this core? What is your upside? A play and exit? Like, I feel like that their upside is a play and exit. That's really how I felt about them heading into the season. I'm like, why, why do you keep pushing with this core? It just because I don't think the Pacers are poorly run. I think if they want to hurry up and nuke it, they could get into a rebuild and get good soon. Because I don't think they're like a bad organizational team, but they're just stop flirting around with Demonta Sabonis. Like he's a good player, but stop. <laughs> I like him. Okay. Hey. Uh, 
they got to be willing to move either Sabonis or like Turner or Brogdon. Like, just get trade him to a team. Trade, trade him. You know, here's what the Pacers need to do. Take my advice from an armchair GM. You need to take Sabonis, go to a team that is like playoff hopeful, but realistically can't do anything, and get and get first round picks. You're like this team is not good, but they th- they think they're better than they are. Like, what's an example? I'd say the Timberwolves, but why would they trade for him? The Timberwolves would be the perfect example, but they're not going to trade for Sabonis. Maybe like the Blazers. I don't know. Like a team, a team that you think is going to be bad, and just get as many first round picks as you can. All right. So uh, to cap off the episode, let's give our most surprising team. Wizards. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was thinking that Wizards. Yeah, that's a pretty. Yeah, that, that was like my number one pick. I'm not going to say the Warriors just because. Yeah, it kind of surprises me, but at the same time, when you really think about it, it doesn't too much. We we both we um, I'm pretty sure we both had them in our top four in the West. Right, exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's not like inconceivable. I didn't think they'd be this good, but I still thought they'd be good. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say they're not most surprising in like team in the league level. Um I, I don't yeah. anyone who how many people have had the Wizards making the playoffs? Very few. I had them as like the 10 seed. I had them as like a they're my favorite team. <laughs> I was like, we should make the play in, but right. Yeah. Because there's so many like awful teams in the East, like the Pistons and the Magic and the and the Pacers. Like there's so many trash teams in the East that might just uh, make it there by default. But I'll say the Cavaliers, even though I think they're probably gonna fall back to earth. But so far, thirteen and ten is oh, like their games are way better than what I thought. Like I thought they were very young. Worst teams in the East. They're very young. Exactly. They're like one of the youngest teams in the league, and they're. Uh, I think it's been great. Darius Garland's been awesome. Jared Allen's been great. Yeah, Jared Allen's been great. Ricky Rubio had that one game in the garden where he nailed like nine threes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Colin Sexton's unfortunately pretty much out for the season, which sucks. A yeah, that blows. Uh, and that's probably going to be one of the bigger reasons. That might actually be the biggest reason that they just like come back and like fall off, so to speak. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cavs fell off, but I still, I honestly think they're a playing team because again, there's some really bad teams. These that have no hope. Like, do you, I don't expect anything about of the Pistons, the Magic, the Pacers, and probably the Raptors. I don't expect, even though they have something going for them. Like, do you, what do we really expect out of them? Other than yeah, being bad, sure. I could see the Cavaliers. I think the Cavs are going to make the plan. I, I think they will. Oh yeah, I, yeah, they'll be playing contenders. I mean, at this rate, looking at the Eastern Conference standings, I'm I'm waiting for the Sixers to wake up. Also, stop messing around with Ben Simmons. I know I've we've avoided going into a long rant about Ben Simmons, but get over it. Get rid of him. Oh my goodness, stop! You're wasting all of our time. Dump him on. Like, Dump them on the Kings or something and get first round picks. Just like I said with the Pacers, dump them on, go to the Kings. Be like, hey, take this all-star point guard. Give us some firsts. And I don't know. Sacramento is a horribly run team. They'd probably do it. They're dumb enough to do it. I think the Cavaliers would probably be like the 10th or 11th seed in the East by the end of the season. I really do have that armchair GM energy. I don't understand. <laughs> dump him on the Kings. Cause they would totally be desperate enough to be like, if we get this guy, we can, yeah. Give me your first round picks. Become fifth overall. It, it wouldn't be a, a real podcast episode if we didn't talk about Ben Simmons a little bit. Well, you have to. It's, I know it's I know it's low hanging fruit to just rip Ben Simmons, but he did it to himself. My man's got a. First of all, Philly could have traded him for Damian Lillard or James Harden. Imagine the imagine if the Sixers had Damian Lillard. They probably would have. They probably would have won the title. I don't think that's a an over-exaggeration either because of how good Dame was 
in the uh, in the playoffs despite losing. Him on Philly, they probably win the title like easily. They would have smoked the Hawks. They probably would have beaten the Bucks, and maybe they would. I guess Phoenix wouldn't have been a guarantee, but. I think they'd be the favorite. I mean, Damon and Bede, yeah, no, that would destroy the league. Just give Tyrese Maxey his minutes and get over it. <laughs> Pretty much. We're trying to make this relationship um, work. I think that's going to do it, though, uh, for today's episode. We'll be back next week. Uh, of course, download the podcast um, for all episodes, for not just us, but everyone here at 3304 Sports. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.